0: Trey, thank you for joining us. A couple of things which may be worthy of some reflection. Special Counsel Robert Herr released his report on allegations President Joe Biden mishandled or kept or possessed classified material. This investigation went all the way back to when now President Biden was a Senator Biden, Vice President Biden and private citizen Biden. Uh, the conclusion reached by special counsel was not surprising. He concluded that Joe Biden should not be charged. I say not surprising because nearly everyone agrees sitting presidents cannot be charged with crimes. I mean, we can talk another day about whether or not that should be the case or if there is a difference between being charged and being tried. Um, I actually do think there's a different Well. Not that I think there's a difference. There is a difference between being charged and being tried. So most everyone understands why you cannot try a sitting president. Uh, He or she has other obligations. They really can't be sitting in a courtroom for weeks on end. That is separate, arguably, from whether or not you can be charged. Although maybe it's not. Because if you're charged and bond is set so high that you can't make bond, then the president of the United States is sitting in the pokey. So we'll save all that for another day. Just suffice it to say that almost everyone agrees that sitting presidents cannot be charged with crimes or prosecuted. So that part of it's pretty easy. What about when he leaves office? Uh, Special counsel, Her wrote what is called a confidential report to the attorney general. Confidential in that it means it just goes to the attorney general. And he didn't do that because he felt like it. He didn't do that because the mood struck him. He did that because that is his job. That is what he is ordered to do, to write a confidential report to the attorney general. Now, keep on. This is special counsel. There are certain rules and regulations on when special counsel is warranted or appropriate or required, and the regulation requires that a report be issued to the attorney general, or I guess if the attorney general himself or herself were recused to the deputy attorney general. So that's why Robert Herr wrote a report, not because he felt like it, not because he didn't have anything better to do, but because that was his job. And confidential means it goes to the attorney general, not to the New York Times, not to Fox News, not to the public. It goes to Merrick Garland. You know, for those of us who have had, you know, conversations about whether or not to charge someone, uh, those talks—if um, there's anyone listening to me right now who has not been part of a conversation about whether or not. The evidence is sufficient or whether or not someone should be charged. Those talks are, uh, how shall I put this, raw. Uh, They are very candid. They are best had in private. They're best kept in private. There is rampant speculation, conjecture, guessing at how evidence might land on the ears, the collective ears of a jury. There is talk about the jury pool itself and what kind of jurors you might want and what kind of jurors you definitely would not want. It often involves kind of a weighing and a balancing of whether or not we believe witnesses. And by the way, you know, saying that you don't believe a witness does not mean the witness is a liar. I cannot tell you the number of bank robberies where all the tellers had the bank robber at a different height. From five seven to six three. They're all looking at exactly the same person. And they've got him a half a foot apart. They weren't lying. That's what they that's what they thought they saw. But that does not make for good evidence. To say that a bank robber is five seven when the bank robber is six seven doesn't have a tremendous amount of jury appeal. So these conversations are very raw where you are talking with cops and other prosecutors about whether or not to charge someone. And it boils down oftentimes to how credible the witnesses are, how the evidence might be cross-examined. I don't care how good the evidence seems when you're sitting in an office somewhere in the hands of a skilled criminal defense attorney. Even the best evidence in the world can be cross-examined. It can be nitpicked. There's always the question of, well, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And we're going to save all that for another podcast. The amount of time good prosecutors spend focus exclusively on what the defense is going to do. uh, The better the prosecutor, the more time you spend trying to figure out what the other side is going to do. Then you got to figure out what defenses exist. Now, what affirmative defenses, legal defenses, which factual defenses, and then this the hardest job. Of all, the hardest thing of all to do, which is to predict how a jury might react. So special counsel, her, declined to recommend a future prosecution for what looks like three reasons. Uh, Insufficiency of the evidence as it relates to the issue of intent. Affirmative defenses, even if there were intent, uh, like diminished mental capacity. And there's overlap there. But, you know. Did someone intend to break the law? And then you have a separate issue of of diminished mental capacity to, 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 to really comprehend what you're being asked, what you're saying, I'm not saying it's incompetence. I'm not saying it's you know, you're not criminally responsible. It's just a diminished mental capacity. And then he added a, a related but really separate analysis that we kind of call the ends of justice analysis. Is prosecution really warranted here? Even if you have the facts, is it really in the best interest of society and the justice system and everyone involved that there be a prosecution? Now, he concluded that Joe Biden was an old, sympathetic man with a bad memory. That is partly a legal conclusion. Uh, it is relevant. It is partly an ends-of-justice conclusion, uh, there is overlap between the two. That wouldn't really matter, except that the person being discussed is the President of the United States. So It is relevant from a legal standpoint because it goes to whether charges should be brought in the future. Could it have been worded differently? Yes. Would I have worded it differently? Yes, I would have. But do not blame Robert Hur for that. You can blame Merrick Garland, if you like. You really ought to blame James Comey, because that's kind of the patient zero when it comes to all of this. You can do that if you like. You can blame the culture that we find ourselves in that no longer believes in the presumption of innocence, this notion that we're entitled to know everything, even about people who are not charged. I don't know when that came into existence, that we are entitled to know every single step of an investigation, even though it is so axiomatic that people are presumed innocent unless and until there is competent, credible evidence proving otherwise. Well, the person admits guilt, but yet now we think we are entitled to know every single fact of an investigation for someone who has never charged. I was in a group of exactly one uh, when Robert Mueller actually really when Andrew Wiseman investigated Donald Trump, I did not think the report should be made public. I, I, I'm still probably in a group of one. I didn't mean I'm right or wrong. It really just means I'm lonely. I was in a group of one. I mean, no one else agreed with me. President Trump and his supporters wanted it out because it was in writing that there was no competent, credible evidence sufficient to support a conviction of criminality. Trump's opponents wanted it all out because... uh, There was evidence and dirt that didn't rise to a prosecutorial level or prosecutable level. The media wanted it out because they always wanted out. There was a recommendation of no charges being levied against Trump. Actually, that's not entirely true. There was no recommendation. Uh, Wiseman decided to leave that part up to the AG. (laughs) I just find it so ironic that folks on the left are – criticizing robert her for engaging and <laughs> engaging in politics while andrew Wiseman is one of the commentators on cable television i just i mean you really couldn't make that up if you wanted to i mean so Wiseman decided to be a little bit too cute by half and said you know we're going to lay out all this negative stuff and then we're going to leave it up to the attorney general i hope i'm not telling andrew Wiseman something he's forgotten but trump is and was presumed innocent, that presumption remains unless and until they're defining a probable cause and you see an indictment, at in which stage it also remains until the jury says otherwise or a defendant admits guilt. You know, prosecutors speak through indictments, they don't speak through press conferences, they don't speak through reports, or at least they're not supposed to. And we've lost that in this culture. I mean, prosecutors speak through indictments and then they speak at trial. They're not supposed to be political hacks who hold press conferences and write reports that contain inadmissible evidence or their theories that that's not what we're supposed to do, or at least not what we were what we used to do. Now, I think uh, that Jim Comey changed uh, much, if not all of that. And he wasn't even a prosecutor. Remember, he was a cop who held a press conference announcing he would not recommend charges against Secretary Hillary Clinton, and then citing all the reasons he was wrong. It was a bizarre thing to witness. It was a trial about whether there should be a trial. And then this cop said no reasonable prosecutor would pursue charges, but then he laid out all the reasons a reasonable prosecutor might. That was not his job. He was not the attorney general. He was, as he proved to be more than once, Icarus flying a little too close to the sun. And then came Russia and Adam Schiff and others, including the media, presumed that Trump was guilty because we don't care about the presumption of innocence anymore. I mean, that only applies like in a courtroom, right? That doesn't apply in culture. So Adam Schiff and the media presumed that Trump was guilty and cloud was cast over his first term. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant. He essentially had his first term marginalized by leaks and presumptions of guilt and biased FBI agents and ambitious House Democrats working in concert with slow-witted reporters who needed those House Democrats for leaks. And then we had the Hunter Biden special counsel who worked out a sweetheart deal so good, so good, the judge wouldn't even take it. And now this. The entire justice system in my judgment, it's compromised over the last decade because people will not do their jobs and their jobs alone. her said there was insufficient, competent, credible evidence upon which to base a prosecution of Joe Biden. And even, even if there were, a jury would likely find him not guilty. And even if that were not true, even if there were competent, credible evidence upon which a jury of prosecution could be based, and even if a jury would likely find him guilty, The ends of justice did not support prosecuting an 80-something-year-old man who spent his whole life in public service. I mean, honestly, that was enough. If you're not going to charge, then say that. I mean, what sense does it make to lay out all the evidence that you would have laid out had you decided to charge? Honestly, how is that fair to the person who isn't charged? Moreover, there's nothing wrong with exercising discretion. And if we think about it, we've all benefited from discretion. We, we, I mean, I'm sure folks out there are going to say, oh, but that's different. But, but is it in theory? Is it really? I mean, we get warnings and not tickets. Sometimes we ask for warnings and not tickets. Yeah, we're speeding. We're going 22 miles over the speed limit, but we want a warning. Or we're going 22 miles over the speed limit, but we want the officer to write us a ticket. For going nine miles over the speed limit, which is the one thing we weren't doing. <laughs> we, the, the one thing we were not doing was going nine miles over the speed limit. But that's what we want. I mean, kids get diversion for underage drinking in high school and college, so they won't have a record. That's discretion. Men who kill other men because those men hurt or abuse children often, often get the charge taken from murder to manslaughter, although technically it is not manslaughter because there's a prosecutor that is using his or her discretion, and more likely there is going to be jury nullification. If someone hurts a child and then someone hurts that person that hurts a child, you are screaming out for jury nullification. So what oftentimes happens is prosecutors exercise their discretion and they lessened the charges against the person who hurt the person who hurt the child. I remember a couple of cases from the old days. A parent put an infant in the bed to sleep in between mom and dad. And one of the parents rolled on top of the child and the child died. Is that a crime? Is that neglect? Is that reckless? Yes, probably. But hadn't this parent suffered enough? There was no intent to harm. It was a sleepy parent who did what plenty of other sleepy parents have done. But this time, this time it had deadly consequences. So what, what good comes from punishing a parent who's going to be punished for life anyway? Is there a charge there? Yes, probably. Would you do it? We'll be right back with more of the Trey Gowdy podcast. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. There was a law in South Carolina way back when I was the DA that teachers could not help students on standardized tests. And it makes perfect sense. We don't want teachers giving answers to kids on tests. It defeats the whole purpose of having the test, doesn't it? But what does help mean? So the cops, when I was a DA, brought me a case against a teacher who woke up a sleeping child. The child had laid his head down on the desk during a standardized state-mandated test, and he had gone to sleep. And the teacher woke him up. And the cops brought me the file because, to them, it was technically quote, helping a student during a standardized test. Now, do you think I prosecuted that teacher? Do you think I held a press conference and announced his or her name and what all the evidence was? No, I laughed and said, get the, I can't cuss anymore because I told my wife I wouldn't do it. Get the Hades out of my office with this. I will never prosecute a teacher for waking up A sleeping kid. There was another case where a parent was taking a small child to daycare and forgot and left the child in the car. Just plain forgot. Child was asleep in the back seat of an SUV. The parent had a presentation at work that the parent was worried about. The parent did not ordinarily take the child to school it was just an unusual day just just a, a weird day in this parent's life and the parent drove straight to work right past daycare. child was asleep in the back child died in the car no drugs, no alcohol, no intent. parent was devastated parent was suicidal parent would, would be devastated for the rest of its life. What do you do? You prosecute you. You have a dead child. Something's got to be done, right? You also have two grieving parents. You want to prosecute one of them? Prosecutors make judgment calls. They do it all the time. And from time to time, you should explain those judgment calls to the public. But you should do so in a fact centric way. And what I never would do and what I never did was go down the list of suspects and hold a press conference on each one and explain why that one was not charged. So her had no choice but to write a report. Could he have written it differently? Yes. Would I have written it differently? Probably. But it was Merrick Garland who published it. Garland could have redacted part of it. He would have been criticized for it. But if we have figured out nothing else in this culture over the last couple of years is you're going to be criticized no matter what you do. It does not matter what you do. You're going to be criticized. So why don't you just do what you think the right thing to do is? I mean, people are going to always cry and say we're entitled to see it all. Really? You're entitled to see the entire investigative file on someone who is not being charged. When did that become the law that you can see the entire file on someone who's presumed innocent is not charged and is not going to be charged? I wish I had a nickel for every kook who called into our office when we had an unsolved homicide and all the allegations against prominent people in my community who were part of some vast criminal network until you've worked either in a member of Congress's office or in a DA's office or you shop like at three o'clock in the morning, you don't run into these folks. I mean, these are not the folks that you're like meeting at, at, at soccer games or at church. These folks are insane. They call with the craziest ideas, but you have to log them and you record them. And what some people are arguing is that all of that should be made public. The public's entitled to see all of that rumors and innuendo. The frustration people feel today goes back to at least Comey, at least Andy McCabe, saying there was a safety plan in case Trump was elected. It goes back to the lead agent, Peter Strzok, who said Trump should lose 100 million to zero. The other FBI agents and lawyers who were in the tank politically, the media who excused their behavior, Adam Schiff and his ilk, who said they had evidence and then never bothered to produce it, who leaked selectively information that benefited them. But 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 only hurt President Trump. They never bothered to leak the stuff that actually proved, I mean, every single Russia witness, every single one of them was asked, do you have any evidence at all, regardless of source, of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between Donald Trump and anyone from Russia? I, I know the questions were asked because I'm the one that asked them. And the answer was no. None of that stuff got leaked by Schiff. The justice system has allowed itself, wittingly or unwittingly, to become a political tool. And politicians exploit that. And politicians exploit populism. It is not popular to say prosecutors speak through indictments and indictments alone and not press conferences. Because we all want to see the press conference. We like it. But I don't. Prosecutors occupy a unique role in our society. And we should act like it. And that means being unpopular sometimes. And that is what should upset us, that our justice system has merged itself with our political system. And politics seems to be winning, which means it's ruining it. Speaking of prosecutorial discretion, and here, I'll move on after this. But why not get a search warrant and go get all the documents the government claims Donald Trump had and get them back? I mean, both Trump and Biden had classified material. So did Hillary Clinton. I doubt they asked Biden about it without his lawyers and White House counsel present. I mean, I'm sure they didn't. I know they made up their minds on Hillary Clinton before they even interviewed her. I mean, (laughs) Comey cleared that up for us. He decided not to charge her before she was even interviewed. He was working on the draft exoneration memo before they even bothered to sit down with her. In fact, There were, fact, witnesses who sat in on her interview, which is a highly irregular thing to do. Trump, it is alleged, had multiple chances to return these documents and did not do so. They claim he lied about it. Well, so did Hillary Clinton. She just lied to a different group of people. She lied to the public, maybe not to the cops, because the cops didn't ask her until late in the game. But she lied to the public. One reason she didn't lie to the cops is the cops let her know ahead of time what they were going to be asking. So here's a novel idea. Speaking of what's in the best interest of the country, why don't we just treat them all the same? Go get the stuff you're not entitled to have back. Use search warrants, use subpoenas, do whatever you have to do to get it back. Go search wherever you want to search, wherever you have probable cause to search. You go get it back. Belongs to the United States and not to the former elected officials. Go get it. Get it all. And conclude, in the interest of justice, that the prosecution of none is warranted, that the interests of justice do not support the prosecution or incarceration under these facts of any of the three. I mean, right now, the media is twisting itself into knots, explaining why Robert Mueller and Adam Schiff did right, but Robert Hur and Devin Nunes did not. The media is literally contorting itself like Nadia Kamenich into knots, explaining why Clinton didn't do anything wrong, but Trump did. Just tell the truth. They were all wrong, wittingly or otherwise, to take government material. But the interests of justice do not support trying to incarcerate two former presidents and a former First Lady slash Secretary State slash U.S. Senator. There are four cases against former President Trump, one in New York that looks and has looked from day one. Political, we'll save that for another day. Alvin Bragg finally found a crime he could get excited about. One in the state of Georgia, which looks more like a like an episode of the bold and the beautiful than it does your traditional criminal case. And there are two in federal court. Take your chances on January 6th. But the classified documents case, I mean, won't you do for Trump what you did for Biden and Clinton? And say the interests of justice do not support the prosecution. And, yes, I'm aware of the factual distinctions, so I'll save everyone the time and trouble of telling me about all the factual distinctions. They're always factual distinctions, always, 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 always factual distinctions. You cannot overlay any two fact patterns and have them come up identical. They can and often are worked around. Where there's a will, there's a way. So three former appointed slash elected officials had things they were not supposed to have. Go get the stuff back and then treat them the same. And for the rest of us, it'd be good if we could try to get back to a justice system that is worthy of our respect, and one that does not do opposition research on behalf of politicians and then launder it through the grand jury process. How about one that exercises discretion fairly and equally? You know, Rachel Rollins, former U.S. attorney from the state of Massachusetts, is alleged to have made false statements during an investigation, and nothing happened to her. Jeff Fortenberry was alleged to have, done, in my judgment, far less. And he lost his life savings, was prosecuted, and had to be cleared on appeal. That's wrong. It's just wrong. Treat people the same. We'll be right back with more of the Trey Gowdy podcast. A couple of quick things, just kind of food for thought before we say goodbye. Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin is leaving Congress on his own, undefeated, unindicted. Actually, leaving as one of the more respected members, respected for his intellect and character, not his social media skills. I know that's much more important these days than being a person of intellect and character and hard work. But, yeah, no, I don't know anything about Mike's social media skills. I remember literally meeting him early, early, early on uh, when he first got there. We went to breakfast. Um, You could just tell. There's something different about that kid. He's not a kid, but. You know what I mean? There's just something different about it. Such is the state of politics these days. We have someone who claims to hate politics, someone who claims to hate the federal government, someone who claims to hate D.C., and she's moving clear across her state so she can run again to go back to the place she claims to hate because she believes she's the only person in the district, apparently, who can advance the conservative cause. Let I me mean, think about that for a second. No one no one in that district except you. So you got to move across the state to run for a job you claim to hate. <laughs> Cuz I'm the only one that can do it. I mean, so much for, you know, home is where the heart is, home is where the votes are. Home is where I can take a trip back to DC. So you got somebody moving clear across the state go back to Congress. And meanwhile, someone like Mike Gallagher, with a pretty unique resume of service to our country and education, is calling it quits. And we wonder, we wonder why politics is the butt of so many jokes. I don't know if the words of that old song are true or not, that only the good die young. But in this case, the good are leaving Congress early. So, so long, Mike Gallagher. But keep in touch. Closer to home, former president. Trump injected Nikki Haley's husband into the campaign. Not a good idea. Uh, Nikki Haley's husband is serving in the Guard overseas. Uh, I think what is appropriate is to thank him for his service and no more. Nothing else. Don't say anything else. It adds nothing. It doesn't get you one single vote. You can talk about her record as government. You can as governor, you can talk about her as the state rep. You can talk about her ideas versus your ideas. All of that's fair game. All of that's fair game, and people can sort it all out for themselves. But to me, Melania Trump is off limits, and Mr. Haley should be off limits. Again, I I know I sound old-fashioned that you should treat similarly situated people the same, but I think you should. And lastly, speaking of family, one of Governor Haley's children referred to Tim Scott as Senator Judas Judas Iscariot, for those who may not recall, uh, he needs no introduction. He's among the most reviled figures in all of history for not just betraying Christ, but taking money from the treasury when he was a disciple, and then really mainly for not believing that Jesus was who he said he was. Uh, Judas Iscariot uh, did admit he was wrong. He returned the 30 pieces of silver. He said he betrayed Innocent Blood, and then depending on which book you read, he either hanged himself or he threw himself off a cliff. Uh, Judas quite literally betrayed Christ, who many people in South Carolina believe is the Son of God. Actually, many people in South Carolina believe he is God via the Trinity, which is another topic altogether. So, uh, Nikki is not Christ, She was a very good governor who did a lot of good things in South Carolina, including picking Tim Scott for the U.S. Senate. And that turned out to be a fabulous choice for our state, for our country, for her and for Senator Tim Scott. I know she is disappointed. I know she feels let down. I know what it feels like to have that happen also. Most of us do. Tim Scott, I can assure you, knows what it feels like to be let down, betrayed in a sense. We all know what that feels like. It is an awful, awful feeling. Who knows? Former President Trump might say, Nikki Haley let me down by running when she told me she would not. I wasn't president for the conversation, but that's what he says. All of that is politics. And these are grown-ups who can debate who said what to whom and when and all of that. All, all of that's fine. I'm not all that interested in it. They can they can all sort all that out. Comparing anyone to Judas Iscariot is just beyond the pale. If you want to say a two brute, have at it. If you want to talk about Benedict Arnold, that's a bit much too, but have at it. I think I would just leave Judas Iscariot out of it, unless your name is Christ. Uh, Jesus actually said it would be better had Judas never been born. So let's allow Judas a singular place in history and not compare someone like Tim Scott to someone like him. Be disappointed, be upset, be let down. Just don't be ridiculous. I'll see you next week. Hope everybody has a great one. Happy Valentine's Day. Until next week.